This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield are killed. Then he's led to a fight and a duel is killed, and the red and the white and the blue come through when Captain America throws his mighty shield. Hey, hey, hey. I'm Big Tim, and welcome to Operation Rebirth, a Captain America podcast. Um, What I wanted to do was to sort of start a side podcast that runs parallel with Turtle Boy Podcast, with uh, my co-host Luke being out of town on family business uh, for a few weeks. I just didn't want to leave the airwaves dead, and I thought I would do um, just do like a quick uh, solo podcast on some comic books to uh, make sure there's still content going out every week. And hell, if this thing um, catches on and you want more, I'm happy to keep going. Now, I put a uh, on the Facebook group, I put a poll in the Facebook group to get uh, get everyone's opinion as to what this podcast should be. Um, I had a couple of options. I thought with all the current casting information hitting the news from uh for 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 the disney plus moon knight tv series that maybe moon knight would be a great place to start um i also thought unfortunately with the uh passing of chadrick chadwick boseman that maybe we could uh, start looking at black panther these are two characters that i'm familiar with but uh not overly you know what i mean like I, I know who they are. I've seen them pop up in books, but I've never been a fan, a real hardcore fan enough to really know the ins and outs. And I thought it would be interesting to, uh, what's the word, uh, learn about these characters along with you. Um, but to be completely honest, um, Moon Knight, I decided to go against Moon Knight because there's a couple of Aussie guys who already do a Moon Knight podcast called... Um, uh, into the night, K N I G H T, and look, I mean, we've already got a couple of Aussies talking about that, so why do you need me to to talk uh, to discuss it with ignorance <laughs> when you've got a couple of experts talking about it? Um, so then I thought, okay, I'll go on to the Black Panther, and I actually started reading um, the very first issue that Black Panther turned up in. Uh, which was an issue of Fantastic Four. And look, I've got to be completely honest, um, I love Stanley for what he's what he's created and how, you know, his characters and his universe, you know, affected me growing up. And, uh, you know, I can appreciate what he did, but I've got to be honest, man, that, that Fantastic Four comic was a slog to get through. I really didn't enjoy it at all. Um, I mean, I'm sure it was big news back in the day, but uh, by today's standards, it's hard to read. And those very early issues of Black Panther by Jack Kirby, look, look, they're beautiful to look at, but, yeah, just the writing style was so different back then and it was such a hard slog to get through. Um, So what I decided I would do was I would go back and do some Captain America comics. Now, the difference with what I'm doing with Operation Rebirth is I'm not going back to the very start. I'm not interested in going, you know, hundreds and hundreds of issues um, that I'm not enjoying, which were, you know, the World War II comics, the propaganda stuff, and then the, you know, the Kirby and Stanley and all, all those stuff written by legends. I'm not interested in doing that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start with 
where I started collecting Captain America. Okay, and then each week we'll go on to the next issue from that as I was uh, not only learning about the character but learning about comic books because uh, Captain America 365 was actually the very first, well, one of two of the very first comic books that I bought. Um, A lot of you probably know this story already, but um, I'm from Canberra um, and my grandparents live in Wollongong, which is a two and a half, three hour drive away. And what we used to do is we used to spend our weekends with um, up at, up at Nana's place um, in Wollongong, beautiful beaches up there, really nice area. Um, but one uh, 1989 that, that, that'll age me, <laughs> 1989, um, my brother and I were up there and we had some pocket money. We went around to the corner store and, um, look, obviously we knew what comic books were, but we weren't hardcore collectors. We weren't superhero guys, really. Um, and we went around to the corner store and this guy, this shop had all these Marvel comics, DC comics and stuff everywhere. So I ended up spending my pocket money on, uh, Captain America 365 and Silver Surfer number 36. Now I never kept up with Silver Surfer the way I did with Captain America. Um, I don't think Silver Surfer is a character I personally really could relate to. So, um, you know, I did get bored with him at times. I mean, again, the artwork was great, all that cosmic stuff. I've really enjoyed that cosmic stuff at times. But, um, you know, someone like Captain America, you know, uh, uh, what do you call it, a um, a street-level hero, you know, even though he's sort of an upper tier street level hero, but he's street hero, street level hero nonetheless. Um, and that's sort of my stomping grounds. That's the kind of comics I enjoy. And, um, and, and look, and I've got to be honest that, um, Captain America coming into my life at a young developmental age, I, I think we have, um, um, you know, I can, I can credit him. I've, I've actually always credited Captain America, um okay let me let me rephrase the three there's three men who i feel like have developed me into the man i am today okay one of them's captain america one of them's my dad and one of them is is jesus now even though i'm not a believer anymore um i grew up in a christian household we went to church all this sort of stuff and um i feel like you know like I said, I don't I don't believe in Jesus as we were taught, um, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of positive uh, lessons you can learn, um, you know, from the Bible and that. But then again, there's a lot of stuff we need to throw out away, so throw throw away from that as well. So, but as far as Jesus being a man of, of you know, uh, you know, unless you've sinned. Yeah, whoever hasn't seen Throw the First Stone, that sort of thing. You know, forgiveness. He was about forgiveness. He was about putting himself on the line um, instead of uh, selfishness. You know, he would he would stand up for strangers. You know, all this sort of shit. You know, um, which again, you know, you could say about Captain America. You know, but we'll get into that. We'll get into that. But yeah, growing up, my my dad was a very good man. Um, I'm I'm lucky that I've had a, a very good uh, positive role model growing up. Um, and Jesus, like I said, all the positive uh, stories you can take from Jesus and the parables and the Bible and whatnot. And um, and then, yeah, at 13 years old, stumbling stumbling across a character like Captain America, I really feel like, you know, these three male influences have really helped me develop into the man I am today. 
Um, anyway, look, that, that's just the, the, the quick background. Um, I think that that same weekend, I, I may not remember correctly, but I think um, my brother bought um, Incredible Hulk, a Peter David issue of Incredible Hulk, um, and potentially Wolverine or Punisher or something like that. And um, so, yeah, we went back to Nana's place and we read these comics. And, you know, from that day on, I've been a, not only a, a Captain America fan, but a comic book fan, you know. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through this one, uh, Captain America 365. There'll be a link in the show notes where you can pick up a, uh, a digital copy on the cheap. Um, so you can sort of read along and we can discuss this comic. So uh, grab a drink, guys, buckle in, and let's do this. Now, normally Turtle Boy Podcast is brought to you by whatever beer we're drinking. I'm just doing this at home by myself. I'm not drinking beer. What I'm drinking is soda water <laughs> mixed with orange juice. So that's what um, this episode is brought to you by today. So cheers. <sighs> Refreshing and probably one of the healthiest things I drink, which probably means nothing. Anyway, let's get into this comic. Captain America number 365. Now, this comic hit the racks in December of 1989. Okay, this cover, um, the cover is done by Kieran Dwyer. Now, the funny thing is, man, because you think about, you know, growing up and you think you, mem- you think you remember things correctly, you think that it's, it's all, uh, you remember how it played out. Now, I always remembered this issue as being drawn by Ron Lim, which I've, which is incorrect. You know, I... I Always imagined it was Ron Lim, and I was on board as a Ron Lim fan from day one. But no, it wasn't. This first issue was done by Kieran Dwyer, and uh, which is, you know, look, there's some similarities there with Ron Lim's artwork, but um, you know, it, it is actually very different at the same time. Okay. Um, now, what I want you to do now is have a think. You know, take yourself back <laughs> to being a 13 year old. You know, I don't know what you were into back then. You know, um, I was a 13-year-old Christian boy. Um, I had probably just started discovering girls, Um, you know. And so I've got pocket money. I'm going to blow my pocket money. And I go to the comic book rack and I see this cover, okay, Captain America. You've got this guy in red, white, and blue being punched in the mouth by a, a, a shirtless elf, <laughs> okay, because you've got the Submariner on the cover, and the Submariner is punching uh, Captain America in the face, and there's the logo that says Submariner goes wild. And look, I don't know who these characters are. You know, I don't know. You know, I mean, all we would have known at the time was like what was on TV, which was like the live action Batman '66, uh, live action Incredible Hulk, the live action Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's the sort of stuff we knew. So there was a lot of characters and a lot of stuff that we didn't know. So I'm looking at this thing, Captain America. Hey, he's obviously the red, white, and blue guy. Submariner goes wild. He's punching Captain America. Hey, that's all I need to know. And I've got to say, it wasn't until years later that I actually noticed up in the um, the Marvel logo box on um, this issue that... Um, yeah, you've got your Captain America drawing, but then you've got, you know, Diamondback in the background with a little broken heart floating above her head. And that this is little details that I never noticed at the time, you know. Um, and it's funny that to me, 
and I mean, I, I guess it's the same with everyone, whatever comic they're collecting, you know. To me, it's all about, as far as Captain America's romance is concerned, it's all about Diamondback. Um, yeah, you know, like, I mean, she's he's, he's been with numerous women over the decades and whatever, and I guess it's just whenever you jump in, that's where you... Uh, you know, that's where you learn everything. Okay, look, now I'm rambling. But listen, Captain America 365. I'm a 13-year-old kid. I've just spent my pocket money. We've gone back home to Grandma's place to read these comics, right? You Picture this. You don't know anything about comic books. You don't know who Captain America is. You don't know if he's Rogue's Gallery. You know, you, you don't know anything. You just you saw this cover. Hey, it looks cool. Submariners punching Captain America. Let's get into this. Then you open the first, you open the cover and you look at the first page, and holy hell, you've got a massive red skull just looking you dead in the eye. This splash page is a close up of red skull looking you dead in the eye and saying, I am very displeased. My little 13 year old brain just popped. You know, like I was just like, I don't know. Who these guys are, I don't know who this bat, who this red head skull guy is, but um, this guy is awesome, you know. Now, actually, what I will do is you've got down the bottom here, you know, the credits of the first half of this issue, which um, is written by Mark Grunewald. And like I said, you know, it's basically where you're introduced to a book or a character or a series, you know, you, you, you tend to, that's your... That's your normal, you know? And so Mark Grunewald, as far as Captain America concerned, he's my guy. This was penciled by Kieran Dwyer, as mentioned earlier, with the cover art. The inker was Danny Balanat... Bal... God, I'm so sorry. The inker is Danny Bulanardi. Bulanardi. Inker, Danny Bulanardi. Okay, colorist is Bob Sharon, and letterer is Jack Morelli. Okay, so this is who we have to thank for the first half of this issue. So straight away, I've got this evil-looking skull looking at my, looking into my thirteen-year-old soul, <laughs> and telling me he's very displeased with me as he smokes a, a, a cigarette. Next page. So we flip over to page, and then suddenly we've got uh, another character. So we're introduced to not. Not only the Red Skull, but also Crossbones for the first time. So, to me, Crossbones has always been associated with Red Skull. I wasn't reading when Red Skull didn't have Crossbones by his side, but, um, you know, so he's always been the right-hand man of Red Skull as far as I'm concerned. Now, Red Skull explains to um, Crossbones that, listen, you failed a mission, man. I sent you to get something called the Bloodstones and you let me down, you jerk. And, you know, Crossbones is just like, yeah, fair, fair call. Um, and then Red Skull's like, okay, look, you let me down. You can make this up up for me. You can make this up to me. You're going to head out to the, um, there's been a maximum security superhuman jailbreak. You're going to go and see if you can round up any of these superhumans who can come and work for me. And Crossbones is like, yep, I'm on it. No worries. Red Skull sits there for a second, and then he's got... Um, now, again, you've got to understand, I didn't know who was who in this comic, okay? And this character turns up, just appears out of nowhere, 
and starts talking to Red Skull, saying, I'm a man with a business proposition for you, sir. Now, this character looks a lot like Submariner on the front cover. <laughs> I actually thought it was Submariner for a while until you, you keep reading. Anyway, um, this mysterious character in blue, in a blue suit, he starts um, pitching to Red Skull, saying, I've, you know, I've got a plan. Instead of everyone's usual rogues galleries going up against each other, you know, for whatever petty revenge reasons, how about we switch things up? How about, you know, instead of you always getting mad at Captain America and getting your butt handed to you by Captain America, why don't you swap with someone? Okay, and again, you've got to understand, I don't know who these characters are, but I'm like, okay, straight away, out of the bat, all I've ever known is... um. You know, Batman 66, he's got his rogues gallery, you know, but what if they went and started hassling the Hulk or something, you know? And um, that's the whole premise of this actual storyline, Acts of Vengeance. I didn't realise I had picked up right in the middle of a massive crossover, uh, an Avengers X-Men crossover, where basically everyone was um, swapping, swapping heroes to try and outdo them. Now, as this character in blue is pitching his... Um, He's planned to Red Skull. Red Skull's setting all these booby traps, but this character is just, with a wave of his hand, um, you know, getting out of the booby traps, walking through them. It's not a problem at all. And then, um, you know, the man in blue drops a few names. He says, uh, yeah, he says, look, I, I can see I'm wasting my breath on you, Mr. Smith. Okay, sorry. Well, I can see I'm wasting my breath on you, Mr. Smith. I'm glad Doom and Magneto were more receptive to my offer. And Red Skull's like, what? Doom and Magneto? Again, I don't know who these characters are, but I'm like, what? Doom and Magneto? Um, <laughs> it's funny. I kind of felt like the Red Skull in this whole half a thing where Red Skull's um, saying, what are you talking about? You know. But then, um, so the guy in blue, he says, look, if you change your mind... Here's a door. Uh, just go through this door. Red Skull turns to see what door? And there's suddenly a door in his wall that wasn't there. And then he looks back at the guy in blue and he's disappeared. And then there's this nice big panel close-up of the Red Skull's eyes like, who the devil is that? <laughs> you know, so that was kind of cool because I'm in the exact same spot as Red Skull in this comic. Who the hell is that? Um, so then after that, we've got, an Avengers uh, Quinjet flying into New York Harbor. Is that what it's called? Uh, look, I've got to be honest, I don't know. I'm just an Aussie boy. I've never been to America. I've never been to New York, so I, I don't know. But um, apparently in New York there, somewhere between, somewhere close to the um, Statue of Liberty Island, um, there used to be an Avengers mansion. And Captain America's flying back, no doubt from this Bloodstones mission that, Red Skull was talking to Crossbones about earlier, and um, the Avengers, the Avengers Mansion, isn't there at all. And so, as they're scouting around, Captain America jumps on his little hover bike with Diamondback clinging to his back, and they go to scout. And then they see down near um, Liberty Island um, a bunch of Avengers Quinjets and salvaged gear on a bar on a barge. So they go down to have a chat. With uh, whoever's down there, they see Jarvis, who is the Avengers um, butler. Um, but it's actually quite funny is that Captain America is basically saying to Diamondback, hey, toots, 
It was great while we were Indiana Jonesing in this last story, but now you've got to be on your way. And she's like, hey. <laughs> she's like, hey, no, I can help. Let me stick around because they obviously, you know, they like each other, you know. Um, and then he's just like, okay, Diamond, end of the line. I'll be in touch. <laughs> and then just sends her on her way. That's good old-fashioned 80s sensitivity right there. And then there's a panel of her marching away. Uh, angrily while all the Avengers staff come up and start talking to Captain America about robots. Now, um, Jarvis ends up telling Captain America that, look, we were invaded by robots. Don't know who they are, don't know why they came, but they sunk the island. And Cap's like, what? You sunk the island? And again, I'm like that. It, it's so good that everyone in this comic's so confused because I was so confused too, you know, because I was like, what? I didn't even know there was an island until one second ago. Now it's sunk. What's going on? Um, then we jump to somewhere in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean where we have our uh, submariner taking a bit of a swim through the ocean. Um, but then he's stopped by a silhouette that says, uh, Prince Namor, my name is unimportant. Sufficient to say... Sufficient... Prince Namor, <laughs> my name is unimportant. Sufficient to say, I am a man of considerable power who has a proposition for you as one of the human race's most fearsome foes. So this is obviously the guy in blue now pitching to Submariner. This is where I realise, hang on, that's not the same guy. Because, you know, the way they shade the character's hair, you know, they've got blue hair which is the shading of the black. So then I had to go back and read again, you know, going, okay, so this guy isn't the Submariner who's pitching the Red Skull. Look, which was cool. Anyway, um, uh, look, and what I love about this, and this has set a tone for my comic book reading forever as far as characters who live underwater not being able to speak underwater, okay? I've got this hang-up. I can believe so much comic book stuff. I can believe, you know, Silver Surfer flying through space. I can believe that uh, a Green Lantern, you know, covering himself in a green shell, he can breathe in space. I can believe um, so much stuff in comic books, but I cannot believe people just talking underwater, okay? And, and, and I truly do believe that this page is where that attitude comes from because... Um, yeah, the character's just basically like, as the character's speaking, um, Submariner's actually, his internal monologue is, um, look, I don't know who that character was, nor how he found me, nor how he can make himself heard down here. Science. Have you ever tried talking underwater? You can't, <laughs> your vocal cords can't do it. Anyway, and, and I know we're talking about superpowers. We're talking about submarine, Submariner can breathe underwater. We're talking about, you know, Captain America and all these heroes and whatnot, Red Skull, Magneto, Doom and all that. But this is one thing I just can't get past where I'm like, science does not let us talk underwater. Um, and, yeah, and I actually really feel like I owe that to Mark Grunewald. Anyway, then we flip to the next page, and Crossbones has actually grabbed some character called Basil Sandhurst, alias the controller now again i got no idea who this guy is but um crossbones has managed to get him uh and he's obviously one of these characters that have done this maximum security jailbreak so uh 
yeah, Crossbones messages Red Skull and says, look, hey, man, this is the guy I got. You know, would you be interested? You know, Crossbones is like, look, this is the, one of the crooks from the escape, the controller. He's a big dude. He's got powers. Do you want to... Uh, is he good enough? Excuse me. And then um, Red Skull's like, hey, yeah, fair enough. Let's hire him. Um... And so as far as I'm concerned, now Red Skull has two um, has two henchmen, Crossbones and the Controller. Um, then we cut to the middle of the night and Submariner's turning up to where the Avengers Mansion should be, uh, the Avengers Island should be, and fair enough, Avengers, Isle, Avengers Island is sunk. And so Submariner's having a bit of a drift through, and then as he goes into the uh, Avengers headquarters, bam, he is ambushed by the controller. And the controller slaps a, uh, a controlling disc to the back of uh, Submariner's neck. Now, not only can controller control Submariner, he's, he can also uh, pick up some of... Con- some of Submariner's powers. So he, he can breathe underwater. Note, again, he can't talk underwater. People can't talk underwater, okay? Let's leave it at that. Um, so then... Uh, so then Captain America hears that Submariner's in the area, and he jumps on his little uh, hover bike again, and he, he's off, hmm, let's go see if we can find Submariner, and then, uh-oh... Bdash! And, man, I love the onomatopoeia of fighting in comic books. It's my favourite. So, Bdash! Submariner punches the, the uh, hover cycle and smashes it to bits. Captain America starts falling into the ocean. He twists himself so that the shield on his back catches the impact. Just before he goes under the water, he the reflection in his eye sees Submariner zooming down at him in, in a mindless rage. Bdash! <laughs> And then Submariner drives Captain America deep into the ocean. Captain America's like, he's taking me down fast, too fast, too deep. Time to try something, anything. And he tries to do a karate chop on Cap- on Submariner's throat. Um, but he couldn't quite get him. Look, he, he hits him hard enough to stagger him, but um, not enough to take him out of action. And Captain America starts to swim for the surface because he's running out of air. All the time, no one's talking underwater, guys. They're thinking, but they're not talking. He starts swimming up to get some air, and Submariner grabs Cap by the ankle. Oh, man, what's going on? Captain America's wondering what his old friend Submariner has gone so crazy for. Um, He hits Submariner in the hand with his shield and swims swims up to the surface. He has recognized now that there's a controller disc on the back of uh, Submariner's neck, but the controller has never been able to actually control someone to this extent before. Captain America bursts out of the surface of water and takes a big gasp of air. He made it to Liberty Island. But where's Splash? Submariner's there already. Batam! 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 And he smashes Captain America against the wall. Submariner just won't. He's relentless. He's a mindless animal. And he's coming after Captain America again. Captain America staggered after hitting the wall. Batank! And then he can hear the whistle of air that is Submariner flying closer. And he jumps out of the way and Submariner smashes the wall. Batrack! 
This is look, man, for a thirteen year old kid, man, this is this stuff was incredible. There was breaking my mind man and you know the whole way captain america is saying you know i'm so outclassed physically by um submariner you know if i don't end this quickly submariner is going to end me so cap's playing dead and then as submariner comes at him one last time cap dives out of the way and bazack hits uh, Submariner in the back of the neck where the control disc is. Submariner roars in pain and then passes out. Then Cap thinks to himself he's collapsed, but the disc is still attached. I didn't expect that. I'd hoped I could free him from control. What if by jarring the connection between the disc and his nervous system, I have caused irreversible damage to his brain? What if the price of saving my hide was turning one of my old friends into a vegetable? Ho, ho, ho. I'm going to get you for this controller. <laughs> Man, this is a 13-year-old's dream. This is freaking amazing. Um, and look, and, that, I've, and I've got to say, that, that fight, I mean, straight away, my lessons... The lessons I learned from this, from this character, from this comic of, 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 for lack of a better word, of what it means to be a man, it, it started in this comic, man. You know, Captain America, he's outclassed in this fight, and he knows something's up, and he knows he's outclassed physically, all right, but he doesn't give up. You know, um, and we'll see this time and again, and you know it's it's an ongoing theme as far as I'm concerned in Captain America is that you know he's he's a strong dude, he's he's stronger than your average human, but the foes he goes up against are, are, are way above him power level, but he's just got a heart that um, won't quit. You know, he's got like my dad used to say, it's not the the size of the dog in the fight, it's the size of the fight in the dog. Um, I'm sure that's not politically correct talking about dogfights these days, but, um, yeah, just cap. One thing about cap is that he's always thinking and he, and he doesn't back down. And, um, yeah, that's one thing that's sort of stood out and stuck with me forever. You know, um, yeah, you do the right thing. You do the right thing, no matter how outclassed you are physically, um, numbers, whatever you do the right thing. Um, and then we get a bit of an epilogue to the story. Again, it opens up on the evil Red Skull's eyes, and he's sitting there looking at this door that uh, this character in blue left behind. And then he uh, can't resist any further. He gets up, and he opens the door, and he looks in. And again, I didn't know the, who these characters were at the time, but the man in blue is standing there, and there's Doctor Doom and the Wizard and the Kingpin. And the man in blue says, Welcome, my good man. I had a feeling you'd decide to join us. Continued. <laughs> now, like I said, man, that first half of this comic, to a 13-year-old boy, man, I hope you can understand why I was hooked on Captain America from day one. I've just been introduced to this bright and colourful world with heroes and villains and, you know, espionage and mystery. And I was hooked from day one, man. Um, so, look, this is the first half of this comic. There's a backup story, which we'll get into in a minute. But first, let's... Um, 
take a moment to hear a message from our sponsors. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hi, this is Kurt Zauer, writer and creator of Spectrus and Sabanian, now live on Kickstarter. Do you like horror, magic, and the supernatural? Check out this unique story with an ancient Egyptian ghost protagonist and her demon, Nemesis. Spectrus and Sabanian has the horror of Hellraiser with the run-and-gun action of aliens. Check it out on Kickstarter today. This is a Turtle Boy Podcast. Hey, welcome back to Operation Rebirth, uh, a Captain America podcast. Um, so where we left off, we had the mysterious man in blue, um, Red Skull, finally at least accepting uh, his invitation to go in with other villains um, and discuss this plan that the man in blue has. Now, the second story in this comic book... Now, again, you've got to remember, I know nothing about comic books when I'm reading this back in the day, um, but, uh, you yeah, know, to 13-year-old Tim, it was like, hey, cool, yeah, there's a second story. Um, two, two for one. Double bang for your buck. Now, of course, you know, it's not a jumbo-sized issue, so the two stories were sharing the, uh, what do you call it, the 22 or 24 pages or whatever it was. But to me, look, I was always happy just to get a second story in there. Um, now, again, uh, this uh, the backup story was written by Mark Grinwald, um, penciled by Mark Bright. The inker is Don Hudson, and the colorist is Nelson Yomtov, and the letterer Jack Morelli. Now, I um, it's another as I was saying with the with the last story, always remembering that it was Ron Lim who wrote who drew who illustrated that issue. Um, I always remembered this story drawn by Mark Bagley. Um, again, because, you know, in a few issues time, he picks up the back, uh, the backup stories, the regular art chores on the backup stories. And, um, it's actually surprised me when I looked into it and it was actually Mark Bright and Don Hudson that did the artwork. Um, again, not, not a big deal, but it's just funny how you, you remember things a certain way and it's just not quite... Uh, the, reality, the reality of the situation. Okay, so this second story, Stan Lee presents the Cobra, Hide and Seek. Hide as in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Okay. The story opens up in the headquarters of the Serpent Society, a criminal cartel. Cobra is intently watching the evening news and the the... The reporter on the news is talking about, as we um, touched on in the last story, the maximum security super jail, um, the vault, which uh, had a um, had a breakout. There's still 37 vault escapees on the loose, and one of them is uh, Doctor Hyde, uh, Mister Hyde. Um, at this point, this green character, Cobra, that's watching the news, he's like, he's at large again. And then he remembers back to before joining the Serpent Society, um, Cobra was uh, actually a partner with um, Mr. Hyde. And they had uh, a difference of opinions and went their separate ways. At this point, Cobra's... Uh, Reminiscence, reminiscence, remin, 
at this point, <laughs> Cobra's uh, memories are interrupted by a puff of smoke and a character stepping out of the smoke. This character's dressed in white and he has an awesome Dick Tracy helmet on and a helmet hat and Dick Tracy fedora hat on and he um, he catches Cobra by surprise and then uh, it turns out that uh, this man in white is actually the man in blue from the last story. So it's kind of cool, you know, like I was you know, enjoying two stories but you know, already they were setting up this Marvel Universe that was tied together, that the incidents that were happening in one story um, were tied to another story, even if the characters, you know what I mean? Like, at this point, Cobra and Captain America weren't going to butt heads over the things, uh, over the, these two separate stories, but um, at this point, um, they were both feeling the effects of what was going on in the larger Marvel Universe, you know? Um, anyway, this... Uh, this man in white with the white fedora, he um, basically pitches Cobra on the same thing, just saying that, uh, you know, you villains, you, you you go up against a hero and the, the hero beats your ass and then next thing you're, uh, you're going back after that same hero again because of vengeance and anger and the hero just beats your ass the whole time because he knows how you operate. Well, I have this plan to swap your villains swap you villains taking on the heroes you usually take so the heroes won't be prepared for your shenanigans um uh a cobra is a little bit like red skull at the time and he says look i don't know what you're talking about get out of here and so this man in white vanishes Next thing, we have a scene where um, Cobra has called together the Serpent Society. And again, you've got to remember, to 13-year-old Tim, Serpent Society is badass, man. It's a whole gang of you know, supervillains. Yeah, up until now, we've seen, <clears throat> we've seen the Red Skull, and he's got a sidekick. Um, you know, he's got a henchman, and he's hired another henchman. Man, that's all I know about super supervillains at this point. You know, my experience of supervillains is Batman 66, where Joker has Joker henchmen, Catwoman has Cat henchmen. You know, everyone has their own, you know, two sidekick henchmen type things. Red Skull has crossbones. Made perfect sense to me, you know. But now, this is the first time that I'm actually seeing a a, a, a cartel of supervillains, you know, working as um, as a massive almost almost uh corporation or or, or co-op <laughs> if you will you know so anyway cobra's there saying look as the leader of the serpent society um we need to see how whoever this character was how did he get in here it's not going to be good enough if we uh you know have to move bases again because the bloody security is not good enough around here so i want you to get on it and find out that's it dismissed get out of here and the next panel, you know, as the uh, Serpent Society is starting to go about their business, uh, Cobra talks to his right-hand man, Bushmaster, and he says, look, I've got to get out of town. I've got something to take care of. You're in charge till I get back. Um, and then we uh, we follow Cobra as he's preparing to take off and, uh, you know, on his personal mission. And, um, look, this really sort of stood out for me. You know, you... The the villain, Cobra, he's very, basically, not insecure, but 
Well, he is. He's insecure about his place as leading at... He's insecure about his position of leading the Serpent Society because he knows that Mr. Hyde has always been something that he's sort of run from, that he's never stood up to. Okay, and so he's doing all this internal monologue stuff about um, about all that, and he won't ever be able to really consider himself the right person to lead the Serpent Society, or you know, never be taken seriously as an A-list supervillain unless he um, faces his fear, unless he he faces uh, Mr. Hyde once and for all. And, you know, once he can break through his fear and face Mr. Hyde, then he'll be on the level of someone like Dr. Doom or the Red Skull or Magneto. And then he shoots off in his Cobra jet, just like Batman's Batjet, but evil. <laughs> um, and then the next page, we get um, a page, six-panel page, but with no... Uh, no dialogue, which is which is cool. You know, sometimes, you know, the character's always narrating, you know, what they're thinking while they're doing it. But this just just show don't tell sort of thing. Um, we start. I start to learn as a first time comic book kid um, what exactly some of Cobra's powers are. Because he goes over to this tiny chimney and not only contorts, but he must have some sort of you know, rubber bones or something because he, he climbs down this chimney and his body shouldn't be able to fit. You know what I mean? Um, so he obviously can, I don't know, rubberize his body or something. Like an octopus. You know how an octopus can just like, you know... The size of a you know an American dollar or an Australian fifty cent, an octopus can just collapse its body and go through like that. Well, this is kind of what um, Cobra's powers are at this point. Not his only powers, but that's what I um, notice in this story anyway. And he climbs out a boiler um, in the basement, sets a bomb, climbs back into the boiler, jumps into the Cobra jet, and again, some of my favorite animals. Onomatopoeia. Anomatope- <laughs> oh, Jesus, it's late. It's onomatopoeia. Uh, one of my favorite things about comics back in the day is the onomatopoeia. So, a badoom, and this warehouse is exploded by a Cobra. Then, uh, the next page, we have. Uh, we learn, see, again, visually, we don't need to be told, but we learn more about Cobra's powers in that he's clinging to the wall a la Spider Man. Um, and he's just basically saying to himself, you know, it says, uh, you know, several hours later, and he's just thinking to himself, I've blown up all of Hyde's hideouts, um, except this one. So if he's coming back to New York after that breakout, this is where he's going to come, because uh, basically he's got nowhere else to go. Next thing, the door flies open, and someone looks a lot like Mr. Hyde, but scrawny, uh, busts through, and he says, he's raging. He's like, the first word he says, puffah, <laughs> puffah. Uh, but when I find out who destroyed my 10th Avenue laboratory, oh, how he will pay. And then Cobra's there in the shadows, and he reveals that, ah, this is Calvin Zabo, the weak... You know, this is Hyde before he hulks out. He says, I should just shoot him right now, here and now. But then he's like, no, I can't. That wouldn't be a true victory. Kind of like on Cobra Kai. It's like, do you want to kill the the, the, the the sick monkey or do you want to kill the strong lion to prove you're, the, you're better? See, so, see, 
Ah, Cobra, Cobra Kai. I just made a connection. Cobra Kai. Anyway, (laughs) don't mind me. It's late. Um, And so he decides, no, 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 I can't just, you know, take Zabo out. I need to take Hyde out. And so he hollers out, hey, I did it. It was all my handiwork, Hyde. And then Zabo hulks out to be... um, Mr. Hyde, and he says, that's it, you little worm, I'm going to squash you, and blah, 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 blah. And, um, yeah, and then you've got Co- Cobra sitting there being like, okay, yeah, I'm going to take this guy, yeah, I've got to fight this guy, see how this goes, see if I'm truly worthy to be the, a super villain. And then this next issue, High Snakes. Yeah, see what they did there? A pun. High Snakes. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so basically, guys, that was my first experience in Captain America, and that was my first experience in um, in the Marvel Universe, um, Captain America number 365. And I've got to say, man, I enjoyed it. Uh, you know, as I said, I, I became a, a lifelong Captain America fan, a lifelong Marvel fan, and a lifelong comic book fan after this um, single issue, you know, and we'll go into, you know, the next issues and you know, how, how, how my love of comics and Captain America and, uh, you know, Marvel sort of built on top of that sort of thing. And, um, and yeah, so look, that's it for this week, guys. Next, uh, look, I don't know when I'm going to drop a next episode. I might even drop it just in another couple of days. I might even, you know, it might even be more than weekly until Luke gets back, you know, just to fill the airwaves with something a bit different. So next time we'll be listening to um, Captain America 366, um, which continues on this Acts of Vengeance story, um, both with the Red Skull and Captain America in the start and the, the backup story with Cobra versus uh, Mr. Hyde. Um, so, yeah, guys, look, that's that's it for now. Um if you want to, you know, hit me up on social media, I'm uh, Big Tim Styles, S-T-I-L-E-S, on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah, we've got a Turtle Boy uh, Facebook page. The link will be in the show notes. And, um, yeah, so that's about it, guys. So, listen, thanks for listening to this podcast. Let me know, you know, what you liked, what you didn't like. Let me know if I made some mistakes, you know. If if, if you're if you know a bit more about Captain America than I do, fantastic. Get in contact and let me know. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And, listen, if, if you enjoy me doing these solo Captain America um, podcasts, I'm, I'm happy to, 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 keep, uh, to keep doing them. So anyway, guys, that's that, that's it for this week. Um, whatever app you're on, rate and review us. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, all the stuff every podcast says. Anyway, guys, thanks for listening and be good to each other, eh? This was a Turtle Boy podcast.